Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. How you all doing this morning? What an amazing day, hey? We're celebrating today. 100 years. Before we get, before we get into that, um, I'd love to invite um, Anastasia and Jose to come to the front. These guys have, um, it's their last Sunday with us today. They're, they're moving, they've moved south and they've been commuting to church for the last uh, however long. I'm just going to pray with them. So I'd like to invite a couple of people who just want to come and just stand with these guys. We just want to bless them and uh, tell them that we love them and we'll miss them and we'll be, uh, we'll be looking forward to, uh, to uh, catching up with you along the way in the future. But, uh, so why don't you join with me, church? Let's just reach out. Let's just pray a blessing on this family, that they're encouraged, that they're equipped, that where they, la- where they, where they go, they'll be, they will uh, find a home and a family like this one that they can blossom. So, Father, we just thank you for this fine family. Lord, we thank you for the blessing they've been to us over these many, many years. We thank you, Father, that you have called them with a deep call to be a blessing in their community. And we thank you that you've given them gifts and talents. We thank you that you've blessed them with amazing children. We thank you that you that you are that you are with them each and every step of the way. And today, as they leave us, Lord, we release them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We release them from their commitment to this community to go and sow into a new one, to go and commit to another one. So therefore, we send you, Isaiah and Anastasia, we send you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into new things, into new vision, into new hope, into a new adventure with the Lord. And may every step you take be blessed. May favor of the favor of God go before you so that you can give his favor. May his blessing be upon you so you can be a blessing. May your strength be in you so that you can be strong for others. May your children grow as they come to know Lord, as they come to know the Lord and be and, and step into a relationship with Him. So we thank you for them. We thank you for the blessing they've been to us, the encouragement they've been to us, and the hope they've given us. And we just we just again say we love you and we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. No worries. Come on. It's actually going to save me a, a lot of money now that um, Jose's not the jeweller in Noosa advising me on presents I need to buy Kristen. We've got some babies in the, uh, coming in the church, haven't we? How, how many people have we got uh, who are uh, with child at the moment? <laughs> two here, even one, two, three, four, five. Why don't we just pray for the husbands? Because I know it's going to be there's going to be hormones flying through those households over the next little while, and they're going to need protection from their wives. Um, why don't we pray for the mums? I think we've got three due around Christmas Day this year, and uh, that's a pretty wild um, that's a pretty wild adventure, I'm sure. And uh, but uh, why don't we just pray for these guys together um, as a church and just bless them on their journey. Father, we thank you for a new life. We thank you for a fresh adventure. We thank you for a blank canvas of your image being revealed to us in the future. Lord, we just, we just ask that you would be with those families. You'd be around them, that you would be, that you would, that you would encourage them. 
Lord, that you would give them a fresh amount of grace for each other in this, in this time, Lord. And we, you know, and we, and we ask that, that, um, that you would help us to remember them, Lord. Help us to, 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 um, to ask them how they're going. Help us to be reminded of their, of their journey, Lord. And when these, these new children come, Lord, we just, we just ask that they be, uh, they be blessed by you. The families be blessed and encouraged and this church be, be standing with them all the way. So we just give you thanks and we give you praise for the privilege of bringing new life into this world. And we dedicate ourselves to do it in your name and for your glory. And all the people said together, Amen. Wow. Who's had a great week? I feel like I haven't preached for a few weeks. We've been, Chris and I have been down in uh, Kingscliff on our um, pre-Christmas pre, uh, holiday and uh, we've been uh, sleeping and swimming and eating pretty much. That's about it. Um, Arabella. Um, you know, you, you, you all know my uh, struggle with uh, remembering names and, uh, and my faux pas in these areas. Well, Arabella's taken that to another level and she doesn't even bother with names. And uh, she meets all these young kids and she just calls them my friends. So she comes out in the morning, she says, my friends, I'm over here. And, uh, and she comes over here and, and when she wants one of them, one of them's wearing glasses, she says, hey, glasses, come over here. <laughs> and uh, so I'm trying to educate her, but uh, I apologise for her lack of respect for not knowing your name or, or um, calling you by... Some clothing that you're wearing. It's good to be part of a community, isn't it? And uh, to have grace for each other's growth. Today we were joined by members of the Australian Light Horse Association representing the 2nd, the 14th and the 5th Light Horse Regiments. And, and on your way into church you also saw a, a lone riderless horse with a trooper's boots uh, in the stirrups um, backwards and the, and the saddle stripped bare. And the, the boots reversed is a symbol of respect for and mourning that a soldier's fallen in battle. And Australia, as we know, lost 62,000 um, souls in, in, the, in the Great War. The light horse fought bravely in Gallipoli and Sinai and Jordan and finally into the Holy Land that we know as Israel. Um, why don't you turn with your Bibles to me this, with me this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, we're going to skip through um, from verse 15. We're, gonna, we're just going to uh, skip through to verse 21. Christ died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 20, Now then, we, as ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, as we consider this day, you know, the Bible says 
Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And, you know, we've spent the, the last 2,000 years since that was spoken arguing with God on this. And, uh, a hundred years today since an agreement was signed in France between the Allies and the Germans to end the war. And when we remember November 11, 1918, we reflect on the time that there was new hope, but also remembering the great tragedy beforehand. We also recall our part in, in participating in such a, such a, a, an amazingly horrific and terrible event. I've got a few photos up there this morning just to remind you of how important this day is for all of humanity. This isn't an Australian day. This is a day for all humanity. Some 65 million people were mobilised across Europe during World War I. 65 million, nearly a third of them, some 21 million were injured or wounded and another 10 million were killed. There were 6 million allies killed and, and 4 million of the other, on the other side. 7.7 million were taken as prisoners of war. Just consider the scope of these numbers. All of them had family and friends whose lives were changed forever by the events of 1914 to 1918. Almost 7 million civilians were killed in the war in direct relation to the battle. Six million people went missing during those four years, presumed dead. Two out of three soldiers died in battle, who died, died in battle, and the rest died due to infections or disease. Spanish flu killed many people in the prison camps. And at the same time, in the Ottoman Empire, around Constantinople or Istanbul today, we know of the Armenian Genocide, which left 1.5 million people dead. The political leadership of the Ottoman Empire believed that the Armenian people would join the Russians in the war and bring the Ottoman Empire to an end. So to secure their borders, they put Armenian men in work camps which became extermination centres and force-marched the elderly women and children to northern Syria which became a death march. The total number of both civilian and military casualties in the Great War is estimated at around 37 million people. This is why the promise of peace is so important. This is why for a hundred years at 11am on the 11th of November we take a moment to remember that an armistice was signed, a peace agreement was signed. But I want to tell you a little bit about an event that happened 100 days before the armistice. On August the 4th, 1918, 
which is actually the fourth anniversary of the war, the war's beginning. King George V, which is, which is our Queen's grandfather, and Queen Mary called for a national day of prayer. I think we've got the, the notice up there. They called for a national day of prayer on that fourth anniversary and they joined members of the House of Commons and the House of Lords at the Church of St Margaret, Westminster. And exactly 100 days after that national day of prayer was called, the war ended. Isn't it amazing to imagine being the leadership in the leadership of that nation? Imagine being King George V after four years of war and the majority of those 37 a million people you know, had, had already been killed. Imagine the, the, the hopelessness of that moment. Imagine that prayer meeting. What did they pray, church? I imagine what they prayed. I can imagine Psalm 18, verse 1 to 3. We will love you, O Lord, our strength. The Lord is our rock and our fortress and our deliverer, our God, our strength, in whom we will trust, our shield and the horn of our salvation our stronghold. We will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall we be saved from our enemies. I don't know what they prayed that day. But in the midst of one of the darkest moments of all of history, to call out to God is the greatest thing that we can do. In fact, it's actually the greatest thing we can do at any moment of our lives. You see, sometimes we, get, we wait until things get to a dire point where we call upon the Lord. And the Lord's saying to us today, call upon me, church, every day. You know, the battle that, you know, the battle that we see around the world these days is it's a very different type of battle, isn't it? You know, we, we see in our own country, we saw it we saw in Melbourne just this week. You know, we, we see the, the battle everywhere you, you, you look today, it's a different type of battle. We need to be calling upon the name of the Lord. We need to call ourselves to prayer. We need to humble ourselves before the Almighty God and say, Show us how to be the hope of the world. Show us how to be the substance of your kingdom to a humanity that is that is crying out to be significant by fighting for what they believe. You see, it's God who brings peace to the hearts and calls us not only to stop violence but to seek reconciliation. It's actually our ministry we read in those verses. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. When we're reconciled to Christ, what do we do? We disempower the destructive memories. Can you imagine the memories that those soldiers took out of that space? When we reconcile, we disempower the destructive memories and we spend a lot of time trying to reconcile with each other and so we should. But we understand that there is a chief cornerstone and that cornerstone we sang about it this morning, 
That cornerstone is Christ. And the greatest way that we can reconcile with our fellow humans is first to be reconciled to Christ. And this is the ministry that he's called us to. He's called us to be reconciled to Christ. He's saying, reconcile yourself to me. And once you are, then I will give you the strength to reconcile to your neighbour. Love the Lord first with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and then you can love your neighbour as you love yourself. I believe there's a call upon us this morning to be stirred up in our own reconciliation to Christ. See, there's areas of my life and your life that we haven't surrendered to God yet. You know how you know you've got an area that hasn't been surrendered to God where you've got a bad attitude, where you're a little bit selfish, where you get where you react. Don't you love it that that all those those emotions that stir you in the direction of negative thought, they're they're wonderful highlights to areas that you just need to surrender to God. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me of uh, you know, of that, that negativity in my life. I can now surrender that area to you. I reconcile that area to you. And through this, we can learn compassion rather than fear. You see, we have a world that gets caught fearing the unknown, fearing what we see as destructive, and God wants us to be a people of compassion, not a people of fear. He says, we know those great words. He's given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. He wants us to have compassion for those that we do not understand, not fear of those that we do not understand. Then we begin to flourish in previously unthinkable ways. I believe this reconciliation to Christ is incredibly rare. But it's what I believe needs to be the heart of this church. The heart of Christianity is for us to be reconciled to Christ to the point where we understand that we have all authority when we're in all submission to Christ. We have all hope when our, all of our hope is in Christ. We have the favour when all of our trust is in him. We are merciful when we live according to the mercy that is fresh every morning. Sadly, though, we see conflicts all over this place, don't we? We see conflicts of nations. We see conflicts of, of individuals. We see conflicts in our, in, our, in, in our social lives, in our relationships. We see them internally, externally. We see, we see it in our cultures. You know, we have an amazing multicultural. We, Australia is called the multicultural uh, success story on the planet. Let me tell you that, that we've, we have some conflicts in our culture, in our multiculture. So we think of those today. We think of those people who are caught up in conflicts. We think of those people who are stirred up in their, in their lack of understanding around their own identity and how they fit in a new place. It's amazing. We prayed for Asia Bibi. Uh, a few weeks ago, who's, who's been in death row in, in uh, Pakistan for, for uh, blaspheming against the Prophet Muhammad. And uh, it took an international cricketer, now Prime Minister of Pakistan, Imran Khan, to, to uh, release her from that. So she, we, you know, the world was praying. I mean, we know, you know, Mike, Mike Sheridan came and spoke uh, last week about the persecuted church. And, you know, we know that people all over the world were praying for Asia Bibi. And uh, she was released. After nearly a decade on death row, she was released by the Prime Minister. 
she probably needs more prayer now. She was probably in the safest place she could be in prison. But, but, uh, isn't it amazing that, that, um, you know, that as we pray, things happen? Wasn't it amazing that King George V, 100 days, exactly the fourth anniversary of the war, called the nation to prayer and then 100 days later the war ended? What a beautiful thing that is. We know that the God who gave his son to bring us reconciliation hears our prayers. He hears everything we say. Today we ask him to stir our hearts so that we can be the peacemakers that he's called us to be, who can cross borders and barriers and we can be radical in our hope and generous in our compassion to people. And we remember, we remember that our reconciliation is first to Christ and then to others. I think we get distracted when we take Christ out of the reconciliation and he's, he's given us that ministry. We need to understand that we stand on that chief cornerstone. He's called us living stones and, and as we are living stones, we are built upon the cornerstone of Christ, the foundation of Christ. And when we go out in his name for his glory, we reconcile in a way that is a generational blessing. We don't reconcile just intolerance. We reconcile with vision of what has gone before us, where we are now and what is to come. Because we know out of Revelation 1 that he is the God who was, the God who is, and the God who is to come. It all begins with prayer. So today, church, we pray. I want to stir your hearts this morning in different directions, and I've compiled I've compiled some prayer from, from all over the world, from, from different places and about different things that can stir us in the area of peace. Because a lot of our lives we, we get caught thinking about many things and like I, I thought, like Josiah said this morning, we need reminders you know, of, of many things in life. And we have want communion and baptism are, two, are our two great reminders in the church of who we are and of what Christ has done. And this celebration, you know, we, we have our national days like Anzac Day where we, where we come together and we celebrate our participation. But Armistice Day or, or Remembrance Day, it's an international day. You know, right now over in, or at 11, 11 o'clock over in France, you know, we know that the Chancellor of Germany and, and the, the, the President of France coming together to, 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 um, you know, to, to celebrate that moment that peace began again. So we're going to pray with some open-eyed prayers. We're going to pray that, that the Lord would, would um, you know, I, I want to encourage you that this is how we can pray. When you're doing life, you know, we don't need to set aside some, some time at the beginning of the day to pray. We can pray at any point in time. We can pray with our eyes open. We can pray when we're looking at someone. We can pray when we're driving. We can pray as we're having a cup of coffee. It doesn't matter. God's calling us to prayer. I want to call you today like King George V called the, 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 the nation of England together. So, Father, we thank you that you are our rock, that you're our resting place, that in all situations you're all I need, you're all we need. 
I pray that I might always know the peace that passes all understanding as I find my rest in you. Father, as we grieve for those who have sacrificed their lives in so many ways, we thank you for the greatest sacrifice of all, your son Jesus. Help us to live in the power of the resurrection today and every day. When we find it easy to remember the faults of others and so difficult to understand our own, Lord, give us the will to build understanding between people and to dismantle the walls of hostility. Father, help us to pursue your gift in this world and make peace. Help us every day to be more tuned in to the reality of your presence. Father God, we ask that you would use us, your people, to be true peacemakers. By bearing witness to your love, and sharing the great news of Jesus through our lives with everyone we meet. Lord Jesus, fill us today with your Father's love so that our lives might be lived serving others. We pray this too for those who lead our nation. We pray that peace and love might prevail over conflict and military action. Lord, grant us the energy, the passion and the determination to do the work of peace. May those who sow in peace and reap a harvest of righteousness, not an easy peace, not an insignificant peace, not a half-hearted peace, but the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, let peace start with me. As I pick up your yoke, clothe me in gentleness and humility. Give me rest from feeling inadequate, Lord, so that your peace flows through me, infecting all of my relationships and building a platform of hope for those around me. Protect our soldiers physically and mentally. Give them strength to carry out their duties. Heal those who carry the deepest wounds and scars of war and bring them closest to you. Abba, Father, we thank you for your love that surrounds us and supports us even when we're unaware. Thank you, Lord, that forgiveness is always available. Forgive us our sins, Lord, as we forgive those who sin against us. Please help all those who need to forgive their enemies that they can do it with grace and love. Lord, we pray for the war-torn places all around our world that you would pour out words that bring healing and restoration. 
We thank you that your death and resurrection, through your death and resurrection, we have peace. And through your risen life, we have hope. Father God, help us to walk with Jesus that we may be filled to overflowing with your hope, uncontainable joy and perfect peace, trusting you no matter the circumstance. Father, help me to move from hate to love, from them to us, from against to with. Give me compassion for my enemies, Lord. Inspire me to pray for them and seek to bless them. Prince of Peace, to those who are frightened, bring reassurance. To those who are lost, bring hope. To those with no shelter, be a home and a resting place. Help us to welcome the stranger, Lord, and to recognise Christ in each other. That the peace will flow out of our broken world into our broken world and that love would be healing. Father God, we are so grateful for all you have done for us in Christ. Help us to remember your love and grace in every situation and help us to extend that love and grace to others. Father, thank you that you are in the business of restoration of peace and reconciliation. Thank you that nothing and no one is too far gone, that you cannot rescue and restore and bring peace, hope and even prosperity where once there was none. What a moment, church. What a privilege it is. You know, this morning there are 62,000 hand-stitched poppies down at, down at the War Memorial in Canberra for each of our lost soldiers in Australia. It, we, we think well of our nation, but I love this day because it's a, it is an international day that calls us to remember that it takes one moment to bring peace, one moment of agreement to bring peace. And we keep forgetting that peace because it wasn't so long after, you know, after, after the armistice day. It was only, you know, it was only a couple of decades later that, that we started up again. Let's take the reminders of life. Let's remember the grace of God as we step into conflict with our neighbor. You know, there's so many things that you disagree with with people. There's so many challenges that you that you face that cause you angst when you're driving your car. You know, we think of the Great War, but God's calling us to, to do business with our own hearts this morning. He's calling you this morning to release yesterday. Let's take a moment today, church. You see, for true peace and reconciliation to come, it requires us to release people. It requires us to, to draw a line in the sand to say, like Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished, church.
And as you think of your own, picture your own life right now. Picture the challenges that you're facing. Picture the, the, the fight that you're in. Picture the, who's that fight against. And the Lord, listen to those words that we started with this morning, that we are, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Who is your battle against right now? Is it against flesh and blood? The atrocities of war can only end through, through agreeing to release people from the responsibility of, of, of what they've done. You know, there, we, you know, we know there are war crimes and there are, there are things beyond the, beyond the, 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 the agreements of war, which seems, seems chaotic in my thinking that there is a, there is a good way to do war and a not a good way to do war. But the, but the, you know, as we, as we consider well our own lives, you see, we're not in a position here to influence the, 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 the position of the people who, who choose to go to war or to end war right now, but we're in the position to take possession of our own hearts and to walk our own stories well, to release people, to release people from, from their interruptions in our lives and to embrace a new day. Do you know what I love about Armistice Day? I love it that it doesn't represent the end of the war so much as that it represents an opportunity for new life. Can you imagine when 62,000 people did not come home to Australia? Can you imagine how communities had to gather around those families that lost their fathers and their mothers? You know, it wasn't just our 62,000, it was those those tens of millions of people around the world who had to rebuild not just their families but their nations. We had to come together to, to, to create hope, to create community. And I believe that you know, it's, it's a significant time for us as a church going forward because we're, you know, we're, I talk to too many people that don't have hope. We've lost hope in our politicians. We've lost hope in, in, you know, in our employers. You know, we've lost hope in some of our relationships, in, in our, in all of, in our identities. We've lost so much hope. And I think it's going to cause us to come together and reestablish what it means to be the communion of saints, the people of God. And say, today is a new day. Today is a new day to accept an old truth that it is finished. Let's pray. As we pray, we think of these words from Psalm 20. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Father, we give you glory and we give you praise. We rest in you today. As we think back, we cannot fathom what our forefathers went through. But we thank you that they did it for us. We thank you that we experience a peace today in our nation because of the sacrifice of those so many years ago. And we thank you, Father, that we get to experience the peace in our hearts because of the sacrifice you gave us so many thousand years ago. 
Thank you, Father. Now, church, this morning, we're a little bit before 11, but I'd love it if you if you forgive the, the, the slight inaccuracy of time that you would stand with me. And uh, we would say the ode at the last post and, and, and take a moment's minute silence. If you join with me and stand this morning. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. Thank you, Lord. Father, bless the families of those whose soldiers are, whose, whose family members are soldiers at, at war right now, wherever they are on this, this great planet that you created. May you be with them. May you protect. May your peace be upon them. And may their families be safe. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.